0: Categories chapter 8 contains a lengthy discussion of the category of quality, and Aristotle distinguishes four main types of quality. The third type that he talks about really seems to be two different but overlapping things, and I think that this is probably one of the discussions that certainly in that chapter is the most Difficult for the average or the first time reader coming to the work. Perhaps it's one of the more difficult than the work itself. So we're going to try to make some sense of it for you. Aristotle here talks about two things that are lexically connected with each other and are a little bit difficult to translate. So he talks about passive qualities, right? Patheticai poiotetes. Poiotetes is the plural for qualities, and this word patheticai. You know, if you see pathos or pathetic, there, you're on the right track. It's coming from the verb. Paschain, which means to, to suffer. It's the sort of correlative of poyain, which means to do. And you notice that, you know, towards the end of the list of the categories, we have doing and being done to or suffering or passion. Sometimes it's translated action and passion. And this is connected with that, certainly lexically and I think even conceptually. Then he talks about what, what we're often translating as affections here pathe pathos is the singular of that and a pathos can mean anything that we suffer but it's also a term that's used for the emotions because in part aristotle and the the other greek writers on this viewed emotions as something that you know are sort of imposed upon us either by our outside things impinging from our environment events we also contribute something to it but but kind of grip us and and we don't necessarily choose them as such the way we seem to do with our actions. Now, how are these connected with each other? We're going to have to disentangle them a bit. Aristotle starts out by talking about the passive qualities and he he very helpfully begins with several examples. Sweetness and bitterness, right? Coldness and warmth, whiteness and blackness. Those are his go-to colors. He's going to discuss some other colors a little bit later in the chapter so the things that have these the things that in which these things are like the whiteness or blackness right or blueness the tie is blue because it has blueness in it remember all that talk about in a subject predicated of a subject right it's a blue tie it has a certain quality as that. It could be a red tie. It could be a green tie. Being a tie, being blue, you know, is not essential to being a tie, but it's, you know, the way this tie is, right? Blue shirt as well. So all of them are called of that quality. We could talk about blue things or lukewarm things or sour things, right? And that sourness or blueness or lukewarmness is the quality, the taste And now Aristotle wants to make clear, and I think this is probably only holds for most cases he he talks about it in rather sweeping terms that it's not something that's changed in the thing per se for example honey is sweet right but it's not as if the sweetness in the honey changes the honey somehow honey just is sweet this tie simply is blue now perhaps it started out as uh, in this case no i don't uh, because it's woven i don't think that it started out as just a white tie that then was dipped in blue dye or something like that but Aristotle says that these qualities are not making the thing itself that they reside in passive. Why do we call them passive then? Why do we use this term? Well, because they're actually not passive. They can produce and the word that he uses there is poiein to do to produce to create they can create a sensation or affection a pathos in something else the perceiver who perceives them so for example taste the sense of taste which is coming from the tongue is affected by sweetness so you taste some sugar or some honey or some malted barley or anything else that that has sweetness to it and your tongue takes that in and you go oh, oh that's that's sweet right and we say the sweetness is there in the thing but it's actually there on your tongue or in your your sensation right so the sweetness is in part at least in the pathos that you are experiencing so these qualities are you know it's, it's kind of a misnomer to call them pathetic poiotes when we might actually you know stretch it out a little bit further and say that they are instead of just being passive qualities Qualities productive of a passion or affection within somebody else. So those are some typical examples that he uses. Then he passes on to start talking about pathe, which we're translating as affections. And he does this by way of talking about color at first. And so there's a little bit of shifting going on here. So we're not just thinking about the color like the color of the tie or the color that my skin normally is. We're thinking about the color that we might actually change to given certain circumstances. And one of those circumstances that he talks about is when we feel affections, when we are affected in a certain way. For example, when we feel an emotion. So we can talk about the physiological effects of fear, for example, of you know, the limbs trembling. And he, he's talking about color. So he's thinking about the blood you know, receding away from the face and really into the core, which makes us get paler. Now, it's interesting, too, when you look at ancient Greek writings on this, sometimes they don't talk about turning white, for example, the way that somebody with a pink skin tone. People with olive skin tones, when the the blood is moving away, it's a slightly different color combination. So Homer, for example, will talk about turning yellow, right? Because the stuff is going away. Shame. Embarrassment is another way of putting it. When we feel embarrassed, we turn red, right? And Aristotle talks about this. He says there's numerous changes of color that clearly arise from affections. When men are ashamed then they blush. When alarmed they turn pale. So much is this really the case that I think when a man is by nature disposed towards shame or alarm is arising from a certain concomitance of bodily elements in him, we may not unfairly conclude that he takes on the corresponding color. For the state of the bodily elements may very well result from his physical organization and thus a light color may also arise in the process of nature. So Aristotle points out that sometimes these things that we see coming from You know, the fear response or the shame response can also stem from natural conditions. What would be examples of this? Aristotle brings up sunburn as an example of something that reddens the skin. Interesting example. He also talks about um, disease. And there we might have in mind something like anemia when people turn pale because of, you know, problems with the the blood. We could also think about jaundice, which, which makes a person, their skin and even sometimes the eyes turn yellow because of what's going on in the liver. And so there's plenty of things along those lines that would be going on. Now, Aristotle wants to say, look, in a lot of cases, what we're talking about are not actually qualities as such because they don't remain within the person very long. So he has something a little bit stronger in mind than than just quality per se when he's talking about these affections. So he says, conditions arising from causes soon rendered inoperative, if not entirely removed, will be known. As affections, as pathe, not qualities, seeing that no one is called such and such on account of these conditions. So, a person who blushes from shame is not regarded as naturally ruddy, nor he who becomes pale from fear as having a pallid complexion. Instead, we say so and so was affected. Such states are affections, not qualities. So, perhaps in cases like that, Aristotle would say what we're dealing with is actually a different category, the category of of passion or suffering, however you want to put it, not the category of quality as such. He goes on to say that this also holds for things within the soul or the mind, the psuche. And he says, when a person has a temper from birth and its source is in certain affections, not easy to change or remove, then we give it the name of a quality, irascibility, right? When a person just happens to lose their temper on the spot, we say that they're angry, but we don't say that they're irascible. Irascibility era is is the the Latin word in in Greek, orge is anger, also thumos and a few other words, and orgilos is the name of somebody who is irascible. Somebody who's prone to anger. And so Aristotle says, you know, madness, irascibility, other things like that are cases in point. It's on account of such things we call a person mad or irascible. And so he also talks about, for, you know, other examples, distractions of mind, which can arise from certain things coming together in a person. And these can seem to be either enduring or very hard to remove. So those would be called qualities as well passive qualities. So passive qualities here is really being used to mean two different but connected things one is what can produce a sensation in a subject the other is something some sort of you know feeling or sensation within a subject that then can be shown in outward signs perhaps of the color of the face so you want to keep those separate aristotle is moving from one to the other fairly rapidly you want to try to separate those out a little bit and keep them distinct so that you don't get mixed up and you can add when we're talking about some sort of quality is it this type or is it this type here special thanks to all of my patreon supporters for making this podcast possible you can find me on twitter at philosopher 70 on youtube at the gregory b sadler channel and on facebook on the gregory b sadler page once again to support my work go to patreon.com sadler above all Keep studying these great philosophical works.